The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers who are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but to see who's on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. I have the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you would like to head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com and watch the video portion, please do so. Scroll over to the right side of the page, and we are streaming live right there. All you got to do is hit play and if you want to join us in the chat on youtube you can do that as well uh you can also donate to us if you'd like to do so we let you know that we do have needs every month that we have to meet and if you'd like to be a part of that you can hit the donate button right here at the top of the screen on sonsoflibertymedia.com or if you'd like to partner with us each month you can do that as well become a son or daughter of liberty and set up a an amount that works for you to do that it's automatic and uh, you help us not only stay on the air on the on the web but also uh, get out among the people in the 50 states with the message of our Christian and constitutional heritage. You can do that. And also, uh, our store. I don't think you're going to get anything for Christmas just now. Uh, but you can pick up some shirts and some hats and Bradley's testimony in comic book form, the My War DV series, all that kind of stuff in our store. And um, you uh, help us in what we're doing as well. And we sincerely appreciate all of your support, including... Uh, those of you who pray for us and those of you who join us every morning here in the chat, we appreciate you very much. Also, while you're there, please sign up for our email. We send you one email. That's it. We don't spam you. We don't rent out the email list or anything like that. Uh, you get the articles that we put out on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com every evening. Um, some of those will be from me, some from Bradley, some from other contributors, some who actually appear in some of our chats. So surprise for you guys that you guys <laughs> will see that there. And uh, we appreciate your support very much. Now, look, I've already got people jumping in this morning uh, about Trump. Oh, my goodness. You know, um, we might touch on that just a little bit, especially 1776 Project, a little bit. Okay, it'll be whether or not it's constitutional. That's the issue. Okay, uh, it's not anything with a personality per se. It's with what the Constitution says. That's what we hold people to. But what we're going to be talking about is education this morning. By the way, for those of you keyboard warriors who don't seem to want to call in, and we'll have a discussion. I'll be very cordial and polite to you. I will. 
Anybody who's listening to me take callers. That's what I do. But the fact of the matter is, is um, you, you're welcome to call in and make your point. Keep it on topic because we're going to be talking about education today, okay? 215-TOP-TALK is the number, 215-867-8255. The number's there at the bottom of the screen for those who are watching uh, throughout the video. You'll be able to do it. But for those of you listening at Red State Talk Radio, 215-TOP-TALK, if you want to call in. You have a question for uh, Lynn or for myself or you got a comment on this topic. We want to stay on this topic, okay? So if if it's unrelated... <laughs> We're not going to go there, okay? So with that said, I want to welcome uh, to the Sons of Liberty, Rotten of the Core Wednesday, our Common Core Diva, Lynn Taylor. Good morning, Lynn. Well, good morning. Happy Christmas, Adam, as my family would say. <laughs> <laughs> well, Merry Christmas to you as well. And uh, I, you know, I kind of put this up because we're going to be looking at s- several things through history. Um, you know, the education of men through history, uh, mm-hmm. from Moses and before on up through the Founding Fathers and even to today, and then see kind of how that's gone. Um, of course, our theme is very scripture-related this month, and so we're going to be looking at several uh, passive scriptures as well. So uh, why don't you kick us off today with what you got? Okay. Well, we know that um, all December, which includes next week, which will be, um, you know, the last, I think it is, Thursday of the, month, of the year, uh, we're going to wrap up this particular biblical series. But what we've been doing all month is we've been looking at what the scripture says uh, from the Old and New Testament about education. And then we're comparing it to what we're seeing happen, not only in America with education, but um, across the world. Okay. All right. That sounds great. Let's get to it. Okay. Well, now last week we had um, a request for an exam that was from the 1800s, and I have that link, and that can be in the archives. And, you know, if you want to test your knowledge to see how uh, educated you might be or not be, uh, that test from 1895 will be there. And uh, it is a doozy. It absolutely is. Can we give a couple of things off of this? Sure. Why don't you read? Yeah, just read a couple. Yeah, this is the eighth grade final exam for Selena, Kansas, 1895. This is just in grammar. Give nine rules for the use of capital letters. Name the parts of speech and define those that have no modifications. Define verse, stanza, and paragraph. What are the principal parts of a verb? That's a couple out of there. Here's arithmetic. Name and define the fundamental rules of arithmetic. A wagon box is two feet deep, ten feet long, and three feet wide. How many bushels of wheat will it hold? <laughs> not, how, not how big is the space. That's the easy stuff. That we, how many bushels yeah. of wheat will it hold? That's pretty interesting. If a load yeah. of wheat weighs 3,942 pounds, what is it worth at 50 cents per bushel, deducting 1,050 pounds for tear? This is eighth grade stuff, guys. <laughs> oh. Let's give a let's give a couple more. U.S. history. Give the epochs in which U.S. history is divided. Give an account of the discovery of America by Columbus. Relate the causes and results of the Revolutionary War. Show the territorial growth of the United States. Tell what you can of the history of Kansas. Um, orthography. What is meant by the following? Alphabet, phonetic, orthography. Etymology, syllabication. What are elementary sounds and how are they classified? What are the following and give examples of each? 
<laughs> trigraph, subvocals, diphthong, cognate letters, linguals. And then you've got another one here for geography. What is climate? Mm. This might be relevant for today. Upon what does climate depend? How do you account for the extremes of climate in Kansas? Of what use are rivers? Of what use is the ocean? Describe the mountains of North America. <laughs> I mean, these are just... And there are some things that I've read, Lynn, that mm-hmm. just rock the boat on these two because uh, they are, they're extremely difficult. I'm, I keep hitting the wrong button today. I'm sorry about that. Um, it's okay. The, they're extremely difficult even for somebody who is somewhat well-read today. Uh, some of these things are, are just you know, absolutely incredible, asking about latitudes and longitudes, not what they are, but... Uh, right. marking out. So, I mean, it's just, it's absolutely incredible. It, it is. And I'm so glad that someone requested that we show that because that is a huge illustration um, of the, the vast difference of the, what should be taught and what's not being taught. And I know there are a lot of college people out there who um, have PhDs and whatnot. I wonder if they could pass that test. Yeah. I, I wonder <laughs> I wonder about that. I know I could. I would have to. I would. Ha- this would have to be an open book test. That's what it would be. Yeah, yeah I would know absolutely. how to find the. I would know how to find the answer. But uh, <laughs> there you go. That's true. And see, that's that's the thing is that I remember when we had open book tests, and your questions that you were supposed to go in the book to look for were not verbatim words out of the book, but it was a question that was geared so that you could go to know where to find the answer and what you see today if you see an open book test it will be the exact verbiage of whatever the text is and you're supposed to just fill in a blank well that's anybody could do that yeah i think the issue was to make sure that you were comprehending what you were reading that was the whole point and i think that's the reason that's the reason for essays to be written anyway, is not so you can just uh, say, oh, here's the answer and just copy it out of the book. You, you may quote right. some things out of that, but you're basically going and saying, this is what's being said here. Let me relay that to you. Absolutely. Well, with that, let's jump into our scripture. Um, and we are starting in the New Testament this week. So this week and next week will be the New Testament. So we've got Matthew 11, verse 25. All right. Start us off. Sure. Uh, It's at that time Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Aha. Very good. Well, in my Bible study book, um, excuse me, my Bible is a study book, and what it was saying in the notes is that Jesus' use of the word wise here is for arrogant or worldly. And that the babes were for people who were open to learning and who were godly. So this this is what we're seeing happen today is that we've got people who are so open that, you know, their brains are falling out. And I'm not being literal. I'm being figurative here because they're being taught that we're not supposed to be godly. We're supposed to be arrogant and prideful and um, socially... uh, just a justice warriors and we're supposed to, you know, be climate minions and we're supposed to be all these militant things instead of being, you know, prudent and, and God's wisdom. 
Yeah, well, that, this is that's definitely something that's coming out. There's no doubt about it. And there is a dumbing down that we see this taking place. And again, we we told people, I just want to let people know, we told people we're going to have Charlotte uh, Bite on, and uh, she had to cancel due to some dental work she was having done. So we're rescheduling her to bring her on as well, who is a lady who can actually demonstrate that from her time in the Reagan administration as Secretary of Education. Absolutely. Okay, with that, let's jump over to Luke chapter 8. We're going to be reading 16 through 18. Okay, got to scroll up. I had Luke 1 for whatever reason. <clears throat> no man, when he hath lighted a candle, cover it with a vessel, or put it putteth it under a bed, but setteth it on a candlestick, that they which enter in may see the light. For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Take heed, therefore, how ye hear. For whoever hath, to him shall be given, and whoever hath not, from him shall be taken, even that which he seemeth to have. Right. Well, now, what's interesting about this particular passage is that Jesus was with the twelve disciples at this point, and they were all learning and sharing, and they were growing but they weren't doing it in just one area of their, their travels together. They were doing it in all areas of their travels together. And what we're seeing happen with um, the shift away from what to think, uh, excuse me, how to think to what to think is we're seeing all this attention focus in on the, what we've talked about before, which is the social and emotional learning, which attacks those attitudes, values, and beliefs. So we're seeing growth, uh, we're seeing a false growth is what we're seeing. And it's, it's all in indoctrination. Yep. That's exactly what it is. We've called it that before uh, an indoctrination in, instead right. of an education. Right. And let me point out though, that this is not just reserved for one student group. This is happening in our communities, in our culture. It's not just in public schools. And this is one thing that we, need to continue to stress to those who are pulling their kids out you know this stuff is not going to magically just not happen to you anymore as far as the the resources that get to your family and your children because as this agenda marches on it's going to become more intrusive into your home so don't think that that you're going to escape this by just doing nothing you have to do something I agree with you. I agree with you. And I'm seeing evidence, you know, uh, of the, the lack of education. I'm seeing plenty of evidence of <laughs> indoctrination here within our own chat room. A couple of guys, yeah. They yeah. Have, they're in a subject that we aren't even talking about. They're caught up in the left-right Republican-Democrat thing, and they're not seeing where they're being attacked by both of those parties right. on this very issue of education. They're both being attacked. I mean, they're both attacking. No, neither one of them standing up for the Constitution on the matter, and they're certainly not standing up for actual education uh, in this matter either. And I'm sure we're no. going to touch on that in just a little bit. Oh, yes, absolutely we will. Now, one of the things that we need to point out, and it's the thing that you brought that up right now, is that we have both the U.S. House of Republicans Committee on Education and Labor and the U.S. Department of Education, Tim, both of them last week released press releases on how it was the federal government's job to supposedly 
uh, preserve religious freedom and they were going to use education and the workforce to preserve this. Now, that doesn't sound bad until you start to look at the fact of this administration, just like every other administration since Jimmy Carter, has not really protected your your religious freedom like you think. In fact, they have been aligning us to the Noahide laws that are so anti-God and anti-family and anti-Christian. It's not even funny. Well, I, I know that, and I think that's why they get the people, you know, fighting and bickering among themselves over a party, which uh, John Adams says the, the, you know, the two-party well, system under their alleged leader uh, is a great evil. And people don't even see it that way now. They think that is Americanism, a uh, two-party system, but it's not. Right. Um, but well, now those, I, I don't want to get off on that too much until it's time to do that But as we're building up. But there are things where the, that's being pitched, and it's being pitched as though it's the answer uh, mm-hmm. from the federal government when the fact of the matter is, you know, we had uh, Captain Carl on and Bob Schultz yesterday, and Carl is constantly referring to the Tenth Amendment law. And I love the fact that he puts law on the end of it. That's that's quite interesting, um, right. because that's what it is. And a lot of people don't don't associate the Constitution with law against our representatives, not against us. They're not right. against us. They're against right. our representatives. And um, the Tenth Amendment says the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states are reserved to the states respectively or to the people, which means this, guys. There is nothing in the Constitution, nothing, that says, hey, federal government, you can be involved in education at all. There's nothing there, which means the Tenth Amendment applies. It, uh, this this goes back to the states and to the people. And I think if you're, again, if you're going to hold to the biblical view, which was that's where our country was founded upon, and I'm talking about long before the Constitution was around, you're going to be dealing with the fact that education is the jurisdiction of the home, not the state, not the federal government. It's the jurisdiction of the home. And so uh, that's what we push here. We push for parents either homeschooling or if you're grouping together and doing things like they did before, where you know the parents who had children, they paid and they brought in a teacher. That teacher was directly accountable to them. It wasn't through this school board stuff that we've got going on that's almost like dealing with a county council or a city council or any of this other stuff. <clears throat> these the that teacher was was uh, responsible to the parents and if they got out of line the parents held them to that uh we're we're lacking for a lot of that kind of structure in our society today for sure and a lot of it is due to the fact that the feds got involved in education well, it's not just education. I mean, if you look at these press releases that we're talking about that tie back to an executive order from 2017 that was supposedly supposed to protect your free speech and your religious freedom, the government was never supposed to use money to influence religious protection, sure. religious freedom. They were never supposed to. And this is what is going on, is that you're seeing our government once again be stupid with how they are carrying out what their task was, and that was to, you know, protect us, not feed us, not give us money, not, you know, use money against us. It was never for any of that. So, yeah, you've got your government one more time, and people are not going to talk about it. What they're talking about is that stupid $600. 
Well, you know, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're not going to get into the billions and trillions that were set aside again for education. Yep. And yeah, you've got people who are going, oh, yes, but we need this. We need that. And you know what? Again, it's because of the type of not just public school education, but the systematic cultural education that we have people and i can't see the chat room but we've got people who are going down the wrong path because they're thinking oh yes well this means i'm a good republican or this means i'm a good democrat or this means i'm a good independent if i support all this stuff no get back to the bible which is what we're doing this month get back to the constitution and realize you are being played for such a fool well, that's exactly right. And and the whole thing is, is that uh, just like the hyphenated terms of American, uh, we're either American or we're not American. And that has that has a specific identity that we're united as people under the Constitution. Um, and we should be culturally Christian. At least that's how we were established. We've moved far away from that. Uh, I still believe that we can return, um, you know, if, if God would would grant us. Uh, real repentance, but the fact of the matter is that's that's where we're at. Now we've got Acts chapter seventeen coming yep. up. No, seven verse twenty-two, and then seventeen. Oh, se- I got ahead of myself. Sorry about that. That's okay. All that's right. okay. That's okay. All right. So we've got uh, Acts chapter seven verse twenty-two, and Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and was my. And remember, he wasn't brought up in in the home he was born in. Um, remember they were trying to murder all the babies, all the, all the, maybe the baby boys that were born to the Hebrews were to be killed, but the midwives feared God. I want to remind people of that. They feared God. They didn't kill the babies. They said, Oh, we got strong Hebrew women. The babies are born before we get here. There's nothing we can do. And so they were protecting them. And as, as a result of that, the Bible tells us that God blessed the midwives with babies too. He gave them children. And, uh, so in here, Moses is brought up in the court of Pharaoh because his mother put him in that little basket and uh, he made it, you know, through the crocodiles and everything else and found his way right into the palace. And the very um, Pharaoh's court that were charged with making sure that all those Hebrew baby boys were killed, uh, God just kind of laughs at him and says, I'm just going to send one right in your midst. So this is how he was brought up in the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and in deeds, and he was full 40 years old. It came to his heart, da-da-da-da, and you know the story from there, uh, from right, from the book of Exodus and also from, if you've seen the Ten Commandments, which I, I love, Charleston, Charlton Heston. Right. Well, if you're <laughs> curious like I am as to what that meant as far as what kind of education did Moses get, and let's remember, there were a lot of years between the time he was educated and the time that he started, you know, his mission for God. So that's very important because a lot of people will assume, well, he was just brought up in all the Egyptian ways. And of course, you know, the Egyptians had all those gods and, you know, he was this and he was that. So, you know, what did it look like? And I found from the United Kingdom, there is a biblical studies uh, link that we have for the folks and it'll be in the archives that describes exactly what Moses and his counterparts were being uh, raised up in. And so, yeah, he got some exposure to some of the wrong things, but Tim, it was to the fact of by the time he was mature enough, he knew to stay away from those sorts of things. And where you want to focus on this particular resource is you want to start at the bottom of page 47 
and then go through page 50 and you will see for yourselves exactly what type of education Moses was given. And the reason he was given this was because his uh, stepmother, if you will, uh, cared enough about him that she paid for the best tutors for him because he was supposed to be a prince. Yeah, that's really that's really interesting. I you know there, and a lot of people will take and I've heard the arguments against um, uh, homeschooling and other things like this, and they'll say, well, we we have Daniel, we have his friends, and they you know grew up in Babylon and they were they were taught Babylon you know the the ways of the Babylonians too and that's true but at least with uh, Daniel you can say he was trained long before he got to Babylon he was a uh, he and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego were clearly taught by their parents early on they were young men they were uh, probably in their teens when they went into Babylon so they had already had that 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 foundation put in their, their right. lives early on. So then they're able to, to, to have that filter in place for the things that are good, for the things that are bad that they're being uh, confronted with in Babylon. I, I don't know that uh, necessarily Moses had this at this point, but uh, it's, this is an interesting resource that we'll have up in the archive, sons of Liberty media.com right. later on this right. morning I- under the same title. Right. I thought it was really fascinating that someone had taken the time to, you know, say, okay, here's what they were being taught. And, you know, we did bring up last week, Daniel's foundation had been in one area and he had been successfully educated in that area before he was turned over to the Babylonians. And, you know, thank you for bringing that back up. Here we see that maybe not in the exact order, but Moses had a very similar experience. What we're seeing happen with our children, uh, and this has been going on for a long time, is that those filters that need to be solidly in place at early ages are not there. They're being exposed to anything and everything from the time they hit preschool. In those very first five years, as we discussed last week, those are the most important bonding, uh, family bonding years that you have. And what are we seeing? But a systematic encroaching that takes those children in those five years and puts them into systems that while they might, you know, just be preschool or daycare, you wouldn't think, oh, well, they're going to, you know, get hit with all this stuff there, but they are. And the reason why is because federal funding has trickled its way into even those supposed safe places. We've got them in after school programs. So you cannot tell me as much research as as I have done, or, you know, as much as Charlotte has told me that my research marries up with what she has found, that this is exclusive to only public school children. It is so not. No, exactly right. And this is why we're commanded to to be diligent in teaching the things of God to our children. They're to be in our hearts, Deuteronomy 6, and we're to teach them to them. All right. So we've got... um, 17. Acts chapter 17, yep. the one I was getting head on. All right, here we go. This is Acts chapter 17, verses 14 to 21. And then immediately the brethren sent away Paul to go, as it were, to the sea. But Silas and Timotheus abode there still. And they, and they that conducted Paul brought him unto Athens, and receiving a commandment unto Silas and Timotheus, for to come to him with all speed, they departed. Now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. Therefore, 
disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market daily with them that met with him. Then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered him, and some said, What will this babbler say? Other some, he seemeth to be a setter forth of strange gods, because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him unto Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new doctrine whereof thou speakest is? For thou bringest certain strange things to our ears, we would know therefore what these things mean. For the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. They were enamored with Paul's, quote-unquote, new doctrine. (laughs) Well, let me bring up a couple of things about that, if you will. Now, for those who do not know what ancient Greek culture was, uh, they centered everything in their culture on two things. Thought and education. And the reason they wanted to hear Paul and the reason they wanted him to go all these different places was because they considered him to be a great scholar. And so why would he be considered a great scholar? Well, if you look at the Fox's Book of Martyrs, okay, in the very front cover, you're going to see a timeline. And the timeline, whoops, shows religious activities as well as earthly activities. And about Paul's time, it was showing you some of the textbooks that were being introduced into cultures, not schools, cultures. Because at that point, you didn't really have a formal school like we see today. So just thought I'd show that to you. You can find out more about what type of uh, textbooks were there. You also can find out from other resources as well. Uh, We have one that will be in the link that shows about how Paul was educated and why he would have been qualified to speak to all these different people about um, doctrines, if you will. And let's think about it. Most of the New Testament was written by Paul. Well, and, and that's the thing. We're we're. I don't want anybody to think that we're anti-education. It's just like it's the same thing that is of an issue of being anti-government. We're not anti-government, but if you have a government in place that's corrupt, yeah, we're against that. If you have an education system in place that's corrupt, yeah, we're against that. Mm-hmm. And we're not against higher learning. I think that's that's a good challenge uh, for a lot of people who who have already you know put that put that foundation on is to challenge them. And here, here's Paul. He goes to the to the toughest places. He goes into the synagogues, okay? He deals with the Jews there. Then he comes out with, the, with all of these uh, philosophers. And you know these guys have had all these conversations about everything under the sun. And so if you're going to get tripped up, you're going to get tripped up by these guys. Well, as soon as Paul goes back to creation, because he bypasses everything, all of their idolatry, except for one, and he focuses on it, he says... You say you you're just you made this one uh, idol this uh, this thing this there you make this one thing about a god you in case you missed one and all of your pantheon of gods you you made a, a statue to this one god that you don't know the unknown god I want to tell you about that one that's the true and living god the one who created all things and as soon as he started down that road of a creator they said oh well wait a minute we'll have to hear this another time. Uh, they really were not prepared uh, to deal with that at all, and I think that 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 
again, I don't see that as a, a bad thing for Paul to, to be involved in. These are things that we're supposed to be involved in. We're supposed to be in engaging uh, the culture and calling them back to that those foundations of our Creator. My goodness, I'm amazed that people will point back to our Constitution and they'll claim that they're atheists. There is no atheist, by the way. They're anti-theist. Uh, Romans 1 says, All men knows there is a God. They don't want to honor Him as God. They suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Usually, when I talk with people who claim to be atheists, I keep pressing that on them. And I said, Why don't you just tell me what you're mad at God at, or what you're mad at the church about, or something like that. And usually that's what it is. Something's happened in their life that's turned them off from that. Paul goes right back to the Creator. People will say that there are these things. They, they want to hold to the Constitution, but they don't want to go to the foundations of what the Constitution, what came before it, like the Declaration of Independence, which talks about the, our rights come from our Creator. Well, how are you talking about rights? Where do you get those if you don't point back to the Creator? And again, those rights are our liberties or authorities to perform our duties that the Creator has given us to do. So I, I've never understood the correlation there, but this is exactly what Paul is not dealing with atheists. He's dealing with polytheists is what he's dealing with. Right. Absolutely. Now, if you want to have another resource and I don't have a link to this one uh, for the archives, but if you have your own home library, like I do, if you have this one, who's who in the Bible, you can find out more about how daily life was for Paul or Moses or any of the others. And the reason that I bring that up, Tim, is again, to carry back to the theme that, you know, we're supposed to be in the world not of it. We're supposed to be that bright light in a dark place. And if we're not giving that foundation and we're definitely not seeing that happen, even with all the supposed collectivism that now is the new thing, uh, collectivism does not work, never has. It's always imploded, and this is going to implode as well. So this is why we come back to all this historical, um, all these historical resources is because, you know, even the publishers, and this is something that I've talked about before, I think on this show and several others, that if you go into your library, uh, old books like this, you're not going to find them. Or if you can find them, they're going to have been edited or something like that. Because part of the way that this systematic um, culture shift is happening is that we're taking history and we're erasing it or we're making it inaccessible so that people have no way to find out, well, this is what I should be doing and this is what's going on. And how can I arm my kids or myself if I don't know what's going on? Absolutely. Yep. Well, and and that's why, that's why it's got to be in us first to, to, to relay. And I think this is one of the things that I learned uh, early on and and my wife and I talked about it. And I know many uh, homeschooling moms have encouraged other, others who've been looking at that as, as well. They said, well, I can't, I can't teach. And one of the first things that often come out of a homeschool's mo- uh, homeschool mother's mouth is, well, can you read and can you tell people what you read? And they go, yeah. And it's, well, that's in essence teaching something. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it is conveying a certain a, a knowledge to someone. And so it really is, it really is that simple. You don't need a college degree to figure out how to teach somebody to do something. My, one of my daughters uh, who just got engaged, she started a, a new job uh, this week. And she said, you know, I go and they, she said, whatever the job was that she's doing, she said, they show me how to do it. And then I do it. Well, that's a simple, that's a simple form of teaching. 
And mm-hmm. we don't even realize that we're teaching people when we do that. We just say, well, this is just part of how we do things. But it's really it's really teaching people um, either things of history, things of math, things of geography, or it may be, you know, how do I assemble a fan or whatever the case may mm-hmm. be. We, we learn to teach all the time. Right. And here's one of the things that, that we're seeing, and I say this happen a lot on social media. Um, oh, not everybody's supposed to go to college and we need to support career tech education and we need to support vocational tech and we need to support uh, science, technology, engineering and math, because after all, it's going to give all those others who aren't meant for college a job. And I'm not arguing that everybody needs to go to college. That's not my point. My point is when you support career tech education, when you support science, technology, engineering, and math in the present forms that they are, you are supporting Common Core. I don't care if you're in public school, private school, homeschool, or any combination thereof. That is exactly what you are supporting. And the reason why I know that is because and I've brought this up on this show and several other uh, places as well. When career tech education first was branded, Common Core was stuck in the name. And it wasn't until Common Core state standards and all the stuff hit the fan about how toxic they were that the people behind this uh, shift from academics to skill-based labor said, oh, we better take Common Core out of the name of career tech education. And you know what? It's in my blog, in the archives, you can see the proof, you can see the standards and how dumbed down they are, because I'm telling you what, this is supposed to be for adult education, and it's a second grade uh, level of reading and math. Well, so they have good little communist worker bees. That's what the deal is. All right, so we've got got Romans Romans 15. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's go there, please. All right. Romans 15, verse 4 says, and I've got the New International Perversion up. Sorry about that. What For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. Mm -hmm. If you look at what's being taught today, there is absolutely no hope. Or if there is hope, it's a false hope because it's being centered on what people can do and people can do some amazing things don't get me wrong they really can but if we're only living for self if we're only living for the government if we're only listening to the government's edicts we are not being all that we can be we are not being who god made us to be absolutely and then there's also the issue of i I recall paul's words in uh, first corinthians as well where he talks about learning from the the nation of Israel what they did and they were judged for uh, their complaining their idolatry um, all of the all of the stuff that they were involved in and he says these things were written for our he he says it the same way he says he talks about it being something that we should learn from not that we should uh, redo the same things that they did but we should learn from those things. And so I think that's very important that we, there is, there is uh, what I gave, I think it was on Thanksgiving, if people want to see that show as well, Psalm 78, where we're reminding ourselves and our children of, of how God has worked in the past. Of course, and that uh, scenario is, very, is on a very positive level, but when Paul writes that in Corinthians, he writes on the negative, saying, don't, don't be like them, learn from them. 
And I think that's something that, that we do, too, all the time. As parents, we communicate to our children um, things that we've done that we have had to learn the hard way uh, for. My dad used to say, a hard head makes a soft bottom kind of deal. You're going to get a spanking, right? Uh, or you're oh, gonna boy. Be, you're gonna be, yeah, you're going to be corrected on that. So I think that's some of the things. But, yeah, they're written for our learning. That's, that's, a, that's a good text of Scripture there. And, you know, I, it, this will be in the archives as well, but I don't think folks really realize the horrible influence um, that has been infiltrated, not just in our schools at all levels, but in our culture as, as well. And that is, again, the Noahide, but then also the uh, four pillars of Islam. We're not seeing the seven pillars of wisdom that used to be in our education system. Uh, we're not seeing that at all. We're seeing it be slowly replaced by these four. And I've got archives for everyone that will be um, linked to you. And it does show about how dangerous all this shifting is and what it's doing. Okay. All right. Now, do we want to pick up First uh, Corinthians chapter 1? Yes, let's go ahead to First Corinthians. And that's where we're going to um, end our show today is in First Corinthians. We've got uh, chapter 1 and then chapter 2. Okay. All right, and this is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything ye are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge. And, and if then, you'll go to uh, chapter 2, we want 6 through 14. All right, chapter 2, verses 6 to 14. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Yep. Okay, the only thing I'm going to say about that is, uh, you know, truth. Where is the truth coming from? It's not coming from our government. It's not coming from the mainstream media. It's certainly not coming from our education system. It's coming. Uh, it's not coming from any of those places. The only place it should come from is this source, the the Holy Word. Well, we're told in the scriptures that Jesus Himself is the Word. I mentioned this the other day. He is the Logos. He is the logic, if you will, and that He is. He even said of himself, he is the way, the truth, and the life. So it's a person. Uh, I mean, we talk about it in concepts that we construct for ourselves to help us understand certain things. But the fact of the matter is truth is actually a person. 
And uh, again, mm-hmm. it's interesting that the that the writers uh, John the apostle would use the term logos to describe Jesus, that he is the logic. Uh, and it's it's interesting when uh, Jesus is confronting uh, is confronted by the religious leaders of the day. He's often befuddling them with his responses. They think they're going to catch him in something he's saying, and mm-hmm. he's. He's extremely wise at what they're doing, and he's able to refute them, uh, not only with Scripture, but uh, even in their own—he tangles them up in their own trap that they're setting for him, as um, as the Proverbs speak about. Absolutely. You know, it was the end Proverbs when we were—a um, couple of weeks ago, we talked about how Solomon had used— wisdom and described wisdom as a living, breathing person. So here we're seeing that thing carry over into the New Testament. So it's not by accident that we're seeing it show up both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, uh, you know, because there are covenants woven throughout the Old Testament and all the way through to the New Testament. That's why it's so important to uh, know both of the the books of well the sections of the bible if you will we have a lot of people who are thinking well you know the bible's not relevant or if it is i only need to hang out in the new testament because you know the old testament is always just dull and boring you'd be surprised how much you can glean from the bible just by looking at the old testament and the new testament and i know you you have spoken quite a bit tim on the fact of how it's just such a great foundation and how even our schools at one point, our families at one point, the literacy rate was off the charts because the Bible was the only thing that was used to teach so many different things, especially reading. Well, absolutely. And uh, there's no denying that. People, you can do your own research on that. There's plenty of evidence out there that that is the case. That's not my opinion. That is a fact. That is an indisputable fact, actually. Uh, in the early days of America, that uh, of what reading the Bible did for our education uh, and literacy rate here in the states, and look how far we've fallen because we've said, "Oh, we don't need God. We don't want to be religious." And look, and and the sad reality is, Lynn, we we have those who will take on the cloak of Christianity. They'll call themselves that, but then they're not doing those things. They're not doing that simple thing there. And so that's right. problematic, too, because then the other people look and they point the finger and they go, hey, well, you're not doing that. It's kind of like, um, you know, I, I used to address this and some people, some women, you're not going to like what I say, but I didn't actually say it. Um, and that's from Titus, too. And it talks about the woman and her loving her husband, loving her children, being a keeper at home. That's where energy is, is in the home. And um uh, and, and God's designed her in that way. It doesn't mean she's got to be locked in there barefoot and pregnant and in prison all the time. That's not what the issue is. But the home is the is her realm. You know, she's the queen of that that castle, if you will. And that's where she pours her energy into. And um, <clears throat> so I, boy, I saw, I went out on the limb and I sawed it off right up behind, behind me because um, I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> That's okay. It happens. But the point is, is that there are certain things that are to be done there in the home. And then what Paul goes on to say, he says, if you don't do these things, this is the point. If you don't do these things, you give a reason for the word of God to be blasphemed. Now, most of us can relate back to where David performed his sin with Bathsheba and then with Uriah. And that was giving the nations around to blaspheme God. It's the same kind of thing. 
if you if you say you're going to do that and then that's evidence to the world, what does the world say? They go, well, you're not even doing what you're telling us to do. Um, you you don't even believe what what's in your own book. And, you know, I'm challenged with that all the time. I, I'm not saying I'm above that. I'm challenged with that all the time because I, I'm examining myself and I'm going, well, I'm not living up to the standard here that's set for me. And I'm not the standard. The, 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 the scriptures are the standard. Christ is the standard. And so we're <clears throat> constantly evaluating ourselves. This is something the Puritans did as well. Highly educated people, um, very articulate. And yet they were people who had, sometimes I wonder if they had maybe too much introspection and they should have backed off and gave a little more to the outside. But they were those who were would inspect themselves based on the wisdom they found in the scripture. Right, and I think it's interesting, especially with it being two days before, uh, you know, we celebrate Jesus's birthday, that we, you know, we do question, especially if you've got pastors who are not adhering to the scripture, but to what the world is doing. And we're seeing that happen um, just about everywhere we turn. Um, you know, they're supporting things that just are totally not in scripture to support and you know they were given a huge responsibility to lead correctly um but so were the the other leaders and teachers are leaders and so yes we need to be uh holding them accountable as well not only challenging ourselves but challenging them too look are you really doing what what you can from the scripture or are you doing uh something from worldly influence just so you can fit in yeah, and I was going to make mention of the issue of some of the founding fathers. And, you know, I remember reading as a kid, <clears throat> love him or hate him, and I have no real affection for the tyranny of Abraham Lincoln. But I was often fascinated that, you know, he was teaching himself to read and stuff like that. That was pretty fascinating. A lot of the early founding fathers didn't have these tremendous educations that you would think. Right. Uh, but uh, but they were they were pretty smart guys. They were, they were really intelligent guys. So you've got all that. Now you've made now we've made our way to today and we mm-hmm. have smart people. There's there's no doubt that we have some smart people, um, right. highly educated people. And I mean, really educated, not indoctrinated, really educated people. And right. then but for the vast majority, when you start doing the comparisons, even throughout the world, I mean, America's fallen way, way down the list. Um, mm-hmm. And I, t- I tend to think that's part of the judgments of God that he speaks about in Deuteronomy 28. So. Now we've got, uh, let's just hit on this really quickly. Uh, sure. You know, we've got Donald Trump saying he's going to take out certain things that are this 1619 project out of the, uh, you know, training of the federal employees. Okay, that's good. He can do that, and he should do that. But then when he wants to take and transfer that over onto education for children uh, with the 1776 project, when that wants to be pushed into that arena, okay, now you've stepped over you know, now you've stepped over the line because you don't have authority in that area to do that. And that's what we're, that's what we're trying to tell people about, uh, you know, he, in his zeal, it's not, and how he holds the two things in, in either hand is amazing that he, his administration is pushing a globalist agenda in education. Cause you've covered, we've covered this for a long time. And yet, and And I've spoke, I've spoken out against 1776 commission and here's why first of all he took an executive order to do something that was to bypass congress now you can't you're not supposed to do that 
executive orders are supposed to be for activities in the executive branch, which is where you said as far as the 1619 and the federal employees, that was fine. But taking it for a national push. Now, here's the other thing. And I've been called unpatriotic because I don't support the 1776 Commission. Well, the reason why is, first of all, you've just taken an executive order, and he's not the first president to do this, and abuse the power, set up something nationally that was not created by Congress or we the people. The commission is, is appointed by him, and it's full of people who want to privatize education. So you cannot tell me this is a, a great thing that is going on. It's not. No, it's not. But again, they put what they've done is they've cleverly put 1776. So it's got this American connotation mm -hmm. on it. It's like every bill that we look at, it's called the freedom this or the patriot that or the, mm -hmm. you know, something that sounds good kind of thing. It's that pie that looks great, but in the middle is really excrement. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know anyone to say it. So, Absolutely. so that's kind of, that's kind of what happens. So you're exactly right. So look, people, this isn't a bashing of a particular person. It's an agenda that keeps on and nobody stops it. Nobody stops it. That's the problem. Yeah. They continue to do it and they do it under a different political Jersey than the guy that did it before. They put different names on it, but it's still the same pig that they're selling you. And we're called the bad guys or the liberal guys yep. or the, the tinfoil people because we're we're speaking out about it. But, you know, if you and I've said this, I don't know how many times, if you cannot see that this is coming from all directions and the whole purpose is to pull apart the family yep. and education is the best way, according to the globalist agenda, to do this. And this is why we're seeing even things like the 1776 Commission take that on they're just doing it in a very underhanded way and you're going to sit there and call me i'm patriotic no well and, yeah and this yeah. and this coming from this coming from the particular party that claims that they are for limited government oh but we need to form a commission of what 18 people eight i think it was that's on there uh, to engage in unconstitutional behavior. That's that is not smaller government. That is not limited no, government, folks. No, that is a usurpation, not. a tyranny, and a dictatorship. Now, um, Lynn, we've got about thirty seconds here. Tell people sure. where they can find out more about you and about your work. Okay, you can find me at concordiva.com. You can find me on MeWe. I'm just now on Spreely, so you can find me at Twitter and Facebook as well, localactivist.org. And if you want to support what I do, uh, I also have a donate button, and any financial blessing is greatly appreciated. It helps me do research and speak out and go places. And in the archives, we have a special Christmas treat for you. It is a funny video of Hallelujah Chorus done by some monks who never say a word. It's absolutely <laughs> a scream, and that's our Christmas present to you. All right. We will see you guys, Lord willing, 23 hours from now, 6 a.m. Eastern Time. See ya.